Life plan. Marketing needs to respect people's time and intelligence, not hit them over the head 20 times a day. Please rein it in quickly. I think we can use that as the title segment. <laughs> Next. You're listening to The Bcast, the official podcast of bplans.com. Each week we discuss the latest news, resources, and advice for entrepreneurs and small business owners. I'm Jonathan Michael. And I'm Peter Thorson. This week we talk about our live plan YouTube ad with Cameron. Who's Cameron? Well, he hates our YouTube ad. All right, episode six is going to shake up the format a little bit here. Uh, folks who have gotten used to our normal article layout sort of format here is going to be a little bit different this time. So I hope we don't uh, lose too many subscribers. Yeah, actually, I think a lot of people might end up liking it. Oh, Maybe more? Interesting. I don't know. Good. Yeah, we've got a couple different guests today. One who's going to tell us a little bit about the nature of advertising, give us some insight into how it happens mm-hmm. in the YouTube space from, from our company here, Palo Alto Software. We've got John. And then a consumer of advertising, an ordinary person, someone who has seen some of the ads that we put out there. Yeah, and just to give a little bit of background around the story for today, uh, you know, we have a video for our software product called LivePlan, and it's kind of an explainer video. It shares what the tool is, the benefits of using it, all of that kind of stuff, and uh, we use it in our YouTube advertising. So we want to talk about that, but. Before we dive into all of that, I want to go ahead and play it for our listeners. Is that okay? Is it okay with me? I, yeah. Is it okay with them? Here it comes. So, you're an entrepreneur, and you're ready to start pitching your idea to lenders and investors. And you know what they're going to ask for. Your business plan. But you don't have an MBA. You aren't an accountant, and you aren't getting into business to stay up all night crunching numbers. You need something that's easy to use and that gives you a professional plan that you can really put into action. Welcome to LivePlan. With over 500 sample business plans covering virtually every industry, you'll save hundreds of hours of work. You can collaborate securely and easily with partners. And if you need some outside help, there are expert instructions and video advice at every step, along with free customer support. You can also build a one-page visual snapshot for quick pitching and export it so you can impress audiences anywhere, anytime. But a business plan isn't just something you create and then forget. With LivePlan, you can easily transition to setting goals and measuring progress, taking you from day one to year one and beyond. LivePlan even integrates with accounting software like QuickBooks and Xero, can handle multiple companies, and has helped more than 250,000 businesses get off the ground fast. Research has shown that when businesses plan, they grow 30% faster than businesses that don't plan. Let LivePlan help you maximize your business's potential. Get started today with our 60-day risk-free money-back guarantee. LivePlan. Business planning, goal setting, and financial tracking made easy. All right, so that's what a video ad sounds like. If you could see it, that's what it would look like. It looks a lot better. (laughs) Yeah, so we've got John with us here today to kind of talk about why we made it, how we made it, and kind of how it's been performing on YouTube. So with that, John, why don't you talk to us about it? Cool, happy to. Uh, Also happy to be a return guest on the podcast. First ever recurring guest. First ever recurring guest. Congratulations, John Procopio. Welcome back. Excellent. Thank you. So... Yeah, this is, um, you know, YouTube advertising is, you know, a great space. I think uh, billion users on YouTube. So 
you know, kind of a lot of eyeballs. So basically, we had a video um, a year ago that was a Meet Susie video. Um, if you're interested, you can uh, check YouTube for that. And it was sort of that whiteboard video where you see a hand drawing um, things, and those were sort of very in vogue and very, oh, yeah. very productive popular. for a while. Mm -hmm. um, and then we wanted to kind of step that up and give, well, first represent the product more. So we wanted to kind of update the story of LivePlan. And so we uh, enlisted the help of a, of a firm and, and got started on that project to really tell the full story of the value proposition of LivePlan in 90 seconds. So when we sat down with this company, it took about a month or two. The main point of the video was to actually use it on our website. So have it front and center. Someone comes to LivePlan.com. Hey, what's going on here? And they can just click the video. And we found when we loaded this new video up that our conversions, meaning the people that actually do the thing we wanted them to do on the site, which is to sign up and become a customer, went up 15% within two weeks. Now, for somebody who doesn't do this a lot, uh, is 15% a good number? Is it a bad number? What? If you got a 15% raise, would you be happy? I'd be pretty happy with that, yeah, to be honest. So yeah, we were excited to do that. Um, and yeah, there's not a lot of tests that give you that kind of bump. Okay. Awesome. So then the thought was, well, we've got the video. We actually used the Meet Susie video previously in YouTube, and we basically um, we work with an external digital ad agency, and through their help, we were able to get that uh, YouTube ad or that ad piped into YouTube ads. Okay, so swapped out the the new one instead of the old one. That's great. So, you know, it's pretty common these days for a technology company, a technology savvy company, to have the landing page that is their home page have a video that explains the basics of what they do. So John's saying basically he took that explainer video that here's what we are, here's what we do, here's our whole DNA and used it as an advertisement. So what I think is interesting there is that that's a little different from I think a lot of what traditional advertising really is. You know the video ad usually is 15, 30, or 60 seconds. You mm -hmm. see it on television. It's breaking up the content programming that you want to see. Uh, so YouTube has a couple different approaches. Number one, you know, this is all pre-roll, which means it rolls before the content and not during the content that you're watching. Mm -hmm. You know, YouTube has obviously much shorter interval content in general on average. Right. So you're viewing smaller segments. You're getting the ad up front, and then you're getting to the point where you're you know, watching the thing you wanted to watch originally anyway. But then also, John's ad is a summary of the product and it shows you what the thing does. It doesn't deliver, you know, some kind of joke. There's not a lot of characters like you might see in a progressive insurance ad. Uh, it doesn't have a cartoon gecko. You know, all these kinds of things that have become the tradition in this video ad space. So, you know, John, how does that apply to you know, more generally, like all those small businesses out there, it seems like getting your message across is kind of the new way of delivering advertising. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're touching on the overall branding concept. You know, I think with this video, we were really aiming at direct response. So explaining the value proposition, but it's a short-term goal here. We really want to kind of get in front of the customer, understand that we know who you are, we know where you are in your search right now, and we are the sort of painkiller for the for the experience you have right now. So John, wait a second. What do you mean we know who you are? Because I think a lot of viewers are pricked up right now yeah, that's about a little scary privacy. Yeah, people get a little oh, like worried I don't mean about in that. that. Sense. I just meant where you are in the lifeline of your business. So it's likely if you're searching and you're you're looking for terms around planning, 
Um, the majority of our customers are in a certain stage of their business. The majority are also looking for funding. So that's what I meant by that, not in terms of like following you around on the internet. Type. So that's great. So we've got these ads running on YouTube. They are retargeting and targeting our audience that we think we want to reach. Mm -hmm. So that's really interesting. So, so John, have you ever talked to anyone who's seen those ads? Um, not other than, not complete strangers, basically. Not okay. anyone I don't already know. And that kind of comes along to me. So I manage our social media for B plans and Live Plan. And about a month ago, I got a tweet. And the tweet was from somebody who was really not impressed with our YouTube ad. His name's Cameron, and he used some choice words for how angry he was about watching the video. Dear Live Plan, I swear if I see your ad one more time on YouTube, I'm going to hunt you down every single video for weeks. And so I thought it'd be fun to talk to him to figure out what it was that bothered him about it, why, uh, why he reached out to us to even tell us that it was bothering him. So uh, Cameron, we're gonna bring him on and have a chat. Uh, let's absorb a negative reaction and hopefully other folks can, uh, can learn a little bit from this interaction yeah. uh, that we're gonna have. And I'm sure that we'll have things to learn ourselves. Interesting, I cool. look forward to this. All right. You ready? I'm ready. We're dialing in. Cameron, can you just maybe introduce us to yourself? Tell us your name, where you're from, and, and what you do? Yeah, my name is Cameron Riley. I am the principal consultant and director of a marketing consulting firm, Motherload. Um, I'm also a podcaster. I've been podcasting for 11 years, uh, uh, one of the world's first podcasters. And I live in Brisbane, Australia. That's awesome. Great. Welcome. That explains the accent. Yeah, that explains definitely the accent. All right. Um, and if we disagree with anything you say, we'll we'll also blame it on the Australia thing, right? Uh, yeah, well, listen, I'm married to an American, so... Uh, <laughs> All right. So you're used to it. Yeah, I'm used to her saying, I didn't understand anything you just said, so um, I'll just assume I'm right. It's convenient. It helps. Mm, mm, mm. It's the basis of America's foreign policy, oh, okay. too, I think. We don't understand your accent, so we're just going to assume that we're in the right here. <laughs> All right, we'll keep that in the final cut. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, Cameron, thanks for joining us. Um, we wanted to give you kind of a, a chance to tell us about your experience with our live plan ad on YouTube. So maybe walk us through it. What was the... Can you remember the first time you saw the ad? <laughs> I can't because after the first 200,000 times, I think uh, I, I had a, some sort of a neural dysfunction. Um, yeah, so I don't look at this is going back a couple of months, but all I remember is that I, I saw your ad and it's a, it's a you know, uh, nice enough animated ad. And I think I paid a slight bit of attention to it because I am in, in a business where I'm often writing marketing plans and occasionally helping clients write business plans. And I think I just bought some uh, marketing plan software, which is probably okay. why your ad targeted me, uh, attached to me like a sucker fish. And, um, and at the back of my head, I think the first time I saw it, I thought, oh, well, it's, uh, I hadn't heard about that before and I might need it in the future and good to know, okay? So targeting kind of works. I'm the right kind of guy for, you, for your package. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah, but then I started to see it uh, before every video. Uh, um, I mean, uh, maybe I'm exaggerating because I wasn't really keeping score, but it seemed like I saw it 
at the beginning of every video for a period of a couple of weeks. And I, you know, I watch a lot of YouTube videos, uh, and it was, and when a video is four minutes long and there's a live plan ad for 30 seconds or something at the beginning of every one, very quickly, it started to annoy the hell out of me. So I did what I do when people annoy me. I jumped on Twitter and said, stop annoying me. Um, or I'll hunt you down, I think is what I said on Twitter. <laughs> I think right. those those words were right, yeah. Hunt, right. I'll hunt you down. And to your credit, you guys uh, replied back and uh, helped me sort it out. Now, when you do send those tweets, you know, are you hoping that somebody will respond? Are you using just as a way to vent and kind of ex- express your frustration out into the ether? Well, what, what would you expect from that? For a... 21st century business, yeah, I do expect people to be listening and to respond, and that happens more often than not these days. Even with um, older cultured businesses in Australia, businesses that that are very big, that that have an oligarchy and dominate, they will respond, but usually not do anything about it. Usually pay some sort of um, benign lip service. Oh, we're so sorry that you experienced X. Um, please call us on this number and, you know, we'll try and do something about it. Which, you know, if I wanted to call you, I would have called you in the first place. Um, If I'm talking to somebody from the company on Twitter, I expect you to be the customer service rep and to get it done and fix it, or at least tell me how to fix it on my end. I don't want to be bumped through to somebody else. It should be one-touch customer service, I think, on Twitter and Facebook. Um, but nevertheless, I am, you know, and, and I think I've said this on Twitter and Facebook since then, it's amazing what good customer service can do. And this is something that as, as a marketing guy, I talk to my clients about all the time and have been talking to them about this kind of stuff since the dawn of the sort of the social web. I don't, I don't get it much from clients anymore these days, but if I go back six, seven years ago when Facebook and Twitter was starting to become more popular. There was a lot of businesses that were concerned, oh, what happens if we have a presence on these things and somebody says something bad about us? Oh, what will we do? Right. And I, I used to say to them all the time then, you know what, that's probably the best thing that can happen to you. And they would be like, what? What? Why? And I'd have to explain, well, for a start, if 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 it doesn't happen in public, it may not happen at all, and you, you, you have unhappy customers that are just privately unhappy with you and you never get to find out about it. So it's good if they give you that Definitely. feedback. But also, if you if you engage them well and, and the culture of your organization is mature enough that you accept the fact that from time to time you're going to have unhappy customers and your culture is mature enough that you are ready to acknowledge that and step up and try and do something about it to the best of your ability. Of course, you can't always fix every problem. But you, you, you have the intention of we want to try and make this right. Then there's, there's almost no better form of marketing than to be able to do that in public. And I, and I think it, it's an absolute boon for businesses to have people complain in public and then to step up and try and solve it uh, in public because you're demonstrating in public, hey, this is the kind of company we are. This is the kind of culture that we have. And, and I think that's a terrific thing. And, and not only did you turn me around from be like literally wanting to hunt you down with Scud missiles to <laughs> going, all right, they're a good bunch of guys and girls probably. And uh, okay, fair enough. That's um, So this is John. Uh, 
Yeah, and as a business, we generally don't look at you know oversaturating the market. The fun thing about our business is that people are in this specific part of their business cycle, and they're looking to get this plan done. And so often people are just going right to Google and typing in the keywords that they need help with. And that's the majority of the way we spend our ad spend. Um, with YouTube, actually, we're, we're really only targeting people that have come through our site before. Um, and really allow the data to kind of tell us what the sweet spot is as far as uh, how many impressions we should show. So the target we were at actually when you were experiencing the ads was uh, three per day. But it sounds like there was a little bug in the machine and you were actually seeing more than that. Does that sound about right? Well, maybe I was only seeing three per day, um, but if I was watching (laughs) three a day and it was your ad on every one of them every day, um, you know, I think that's still yeah. going to annoy the hell out of me. And I'll tell you who else does a really bad job of this is Hulu. Yeah, and it feels like a special kind of torture because they make you pick which ad campaign you're going to get. And so you're like, okay, I know I'm pretty much signing up to watch, you know, 11 Hyundai ads. That's awesome. Which kind of torture do you want? The waterboarding <laughs> exactly. or something stuck <laughs> under your fingernails? And look, again, this is, you know, this is a big problem in, in marketing and advertising generally. It's just poorly thought through and poorly executed. And the, and the counter response is that people are getting better at better, as I said before, not only are filtering, but we're building systems to hide your ads. And um, I think the, the marketing industry and the advertising industry in general is doing a very, very poor job of um, fixing the culture of our industry and to uh, uh, build marketing campaigns and ads that um, are actually going to make people feel good about the brand rather than, oh my God, do I have to watch this again? A small business, even like ours, can be out there doing what seems like professional marketing with a good message, with a non-offensive ad, and overreach in some direction, unbeknownst to the small business owner themselves, and really aggravate that end user, that consumer, the person who they want to make their customer. So I think there's a, a lot of great lessons here. This isn't just about YouTube. You know, apply this metaphor to, to everything that you're doing out there, magazine ads, showing up at trade shows, everything, and just make sure to think about it. I mean, this is one of these, uh, this is one of these great stories that I don't think uh, you'll often get to hear. Yeah, and the other point I think is uh, hidden in this is always be sort of testing, right? I mean, uh, you know, we, we look at numbers constantly and we actually got Cameron's feedback and, and we had a big discussion about it. Um, and we actually did dial back the ads and did some testing. And uh, uh, we pulled it back to, to one per day and uh, conversions went down by about the percentage from three to one, hmm. uh, about 50 to 60%. Um, and right now we're in between uh, between one and three. So we're always testing these things and um, kind of taking feedback to the nth degree. Yeah, and it's important to get feedback from people. And, you know, Cameron, you talked about it just when you hear back from somebody, if it's negative feedback, that's not something to be afraid of. Um, you know, we could have just apologized to you and tried to fix it and then left it there. But I think uh, we've been able to benefit from having a, a longer conversation with you and hearing where where you're coming from and, and what your perspective is. Yeah, look, and I want to congratulate you guys seriously for the way that you've dealt with the whole thing. It, it is it, it is impressive, even though it happens more often these days than, than it would have five or ten years ago. It's always still impressive 
when you come across a business that has the maturity to say, oh, we screwed up, great, come and tell us more about it because we really want to learn. You know, Cameron, before we let you go, um, I just wanted to ask, you know, for our listeners, uh, if they want to find more of your work online, where, where can they go? Well, the marketing business is motherload, uh, L-O-D-E dot com dot A-U, and we do have clients all around the world, so if you're looking, it doesn't matter where you are, we can we can have a chat over Skype and help you out. Um, if you want to listen to some uh funny history podcasts i do uh life of caesar the linear story of julius caesar but it's uh, not your usual history podcast there's uh, a lot of um bad jokes uh, a lot of swearing uh, a lot of contemporary uh, politics and religion discussion and tying it back into ancient rome and uh quite a lot of uh cheesy 70s rock songs in there but that's um that's a kind of a big deal it's um sort of a top 100 podcast in uh, US, Australia, UK and Canada, give or take uh, most days. And then also the life of Alexander the Great. I think the URL for that's alexanderthegreat.life. Similar thing, but uh, obviously on Alexander of Macedon. So uh, give those a plug. I also I, I also have the Napoleon Bonaparte podcast. No kidding. <laughs> that I did for several years to start there. And, and considering that this week was the 200th anniversary of the Battle of Waterloo, people should go and listen to all 60 episodes of that so you understand who Napoleon Bonaparte was and the important role that he played in uh, European history. Yeah, it looks like people have a lot uh, a lot of listening to do. All right, well, great. <laughs> I think we've, we've got what we need for the show, so thank you for joining us, Cameron. Yeah, great. Thanks, guys. Uh, I thank had, you. had a good time. Great. Thanks Cheers. for joining us. Cheers. So what can a small business take away from this? Uh, all small businesses need to get customers in the door, need to get clients, need to get people to engage with them. So how does a small business start to think about advertising if they've never done it before? Or if you have been advertising for a long time, maybe in certain areas but not others, how do you start to rethink that work that you're doing to reach those new customers, to engage with people that maybe would be interested in your product if only they knew about it? So one question that I have is, you know, John, how many impressions do we get with our YouTube ads? Um, you know, again, it's a small portion of our overall business. I mean, maybe about 100,000 a week. Okay, so one person having a problem with it, what does that tell you? Does it tell you that if one's got a problem, does it mean there's a lot more that probably do too? Or how do you kind of take that input? Yeah, I mean, there's rules of thumbs on those types of thing. I mean, you know, even just the ratio of people that actually call customer support to report an issue is, is sort of a similar way of thinking. I think with YouTube it's interesting because it's a very intimate platform as opposed to banner ads where, you know, people, you know, to Cameron's point are so acute at uh, ignoring. Yeah. Um, and then just something else to think about, too, is, you know, from the social media aspect, uh, not being afraid of people reaching out to you and saying something negative. Engage with it. Find out what the problem is. Uh, we actually have on B Plans a uh, social media decision tree or a response tree. So, yeah, you can analyze the, the social media post and decide how you should engage with it. Some you legitimately just shouldn't engage. You ignore, you let it go, and it's fine to leave it sit, and it's probably not going to come back to you. But, you know, just being proactive with it, figuring out how you should respond and taking the appropriate steps. I'm always amazed when I do a search and I find, um, you know, whether it's on social media or some, even like on a blog post where there's articles from the company that responded, remember that these things live on 
forever. Right. So it's not just the here and now. Think about the long-term brand potential benefits. If you're perceived as you know coming to the rescue and doing the right thing, that that's going to have for your business long-term. So if we had to think about ways to make sure that any business won't make Cameron angry at them, what would be your tip of the day, John? Um, <laughs> be thoughtful. Um, you know, make sure you're targeting the right audience. Um, in this case, Cameron was probably not the perfect audience, um, and that's fine. That's going to happen. Um, and really work with you know partners that you know have similar audiences to yours. I think is a lesson. So the closer you can align yourself, who's already kind of gone through some of these, and maybe come up with cross promotional efforts, you can kind of get your feet wet in advertising without actually having to allay a lot of costs. There's also community events and things like that. So you can kind of test the waters with some of these things before you know, really uh, going all in. Okay, that's great. Jonathan, what do you recommend people do to not make Cameron angry at them? To be honest, I don't know if you're ever gonna be completely safe from not making Cameron angry. Hmm. I think if you're in the business long enough, if, you've want, if you want some longevity for your business, chances are somewhere along the way, either you're going to make a legitimate mistake or somebody's going to perceive that you've made a mistake and tell you about it. And what you do is you have an appropriate response. You talk to Cameron, you have the conversation, and you figure out if there's something that you need to change about what you're doing, or if you just take that input and learn how you should do you know, your next advertising campaign. That's awesome. So people out there, if you've ever run into a Cameron, embrace him. Embrace him. If you've got stories to share, tweet with us, hashtag with us, Send us some hashtags over Facebooks. Yeah, you could send us. How your, do you do that? You could send us your story by email, bcast at bplans.com, or you can send a tweet to us at bplans. You could use the hashtag bcast if you want, and we'd still pick that up. Uh, but yeah, we'd love to hear your stories of uh, maybe a time that you worked with a customer to figure out something that went wrong, or maybe what you would have done differently in our situation. If you have a question you'd like us to answer on the show, send us an email at bcast at bplans.com. That's bcast at bplans.com. Our theme music is by Jasinski. The Bcast is brought to you by Palo Alto Software, makers of bplans.com and LivePlan. Visit bplans.com for everything you need to start planning and growing your business. Let's record us fighting about how loud we should talk. No. No. I don't want to do that. No, Peter. No. No.